Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! with you on a Tuesday morning. We are glad to be with you here. Appreciate you guys tuning in wherever you're getting your podcast at supertalk.fm or wherever you find uh, those things that they call podcasts. We appreciate all of our listeners, especially the servicemen and women taking care of us out there right now as we speak. We don't even know about it. They're just doing it. That's the best part. Um, we'll thank our sponsor. We'll talk about Strange Brew Coffee House right now, our, our, our good friends over there. It's cold. It's getting cold out there, Joel. You need you need to start warming up. You gotta get you gotta get some strange brew in your system. I I get it in my system no matter the temperature, so That's it true. doesn't really matter to me. Temperature is not a factor in my strange brewness. Strange brewity, I think is what. The yeah, that's probably better. Brewity. Yeah. 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 Uh, wonder whenever. I should probably know the answer to this before I start bringing up such things, but mm-hmm. wonder when the uh, other locations opening here in town. Brupolo or uh, Brupolo? The, the one here in town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know because then I can. Uh, Get strange brewery on both sides of town. Yeah, I still that, I still that, need that strange. That a little closer to your house. Not <laughs> much closer, but no, a little closer. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I would still prefer Strange Brew West. Yeah. That would be great. Somewhere over here yes. in, in the Walmart vicinity, near the fried pie truck. That'd be fine too. Yeah, because then you could finally have one. I need to get back out there and have some more. They're good. Yeah, that's that's my neck of the woods. So, yeah. So yeah. yeah, Shane, if you look, looking to uh, get some land or anything out that way, mm-hmm. uh, I'd be glad to help. What we do is double up on our sponsors here. We get Mississippi Land Bank to handle that part of it. And then Strange Brew takes and builds out there. I mean, this is just... You know what that is? You know what it is, right? It's a million-dollar idea. Uh, we're full of them. There you go. Not only are we outstanding podcasters, I mean, we're, we're, we're entrepreneurs. we have an entrepreneurial spirit about us. So. A, B, C, always be closing. Always be closing. That's what Joel T. and Brian Haydad do. Uh, good show for you today. We are going to, tonight, as you're listening, uh, Tuesday night is the start of the uh, college basketball season. Here at Mississippi State for the men. We'll talk a little about, we saw the women play in their exhibition. We will definitely hit on that. We will start with the men, and then we have our SEC picks later in the show. But men's basketball coming off of a uh, a, a return to the NCAA tournament. Uh, we talked to Ben Howland today. He said, goal number one, get back and advance. This is a team that just on the surface, just looking at the roster, the talent is there to do that. Let's start with you know the, the the elephant in the room, Nick Weatherspoon, out for the first ten games as a result of a team violation of team rules. We all know what it is. All wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. But he's out for these first ten games. So your starting lineup, which Ben Howland would not reveal to us, no, playing close to the vest. But we know what it is pretty much. It's going to be it's going to be uh, Tyson Carter. Robert Woodard at the three, Reggie Perry at the four, Abdullah Dewey at the five, and then at the two, it's either going to be DJ Stewart or Iverson Molinar, who was very impressive, I was told, uh, against South Alabama in the exhibition they had here uh, in Starkville. Just for you, both of these guys, you know, from an experience standpoint, Stewart and, and Molinar are, are the same. A redshirt freshman hasn't played yet, and a true freshman hasn't played yet. So it's really six of one, half dozen of the other in that aspect. Were you? You didn't go because you? Yeah, did you go to the? Uh... No, it was a Sunday game. Okay, Sunday. Okay. So what you're telling me is that the Lord has cost us information here. Uh, he, he has, but he's also provided me eternal salvation. So I would think I win in that 
It feels like the scales are going to win on your or in your favor. Yeah, I, I'm I, just saying if he could give us a moment of inspiration here. I'd I don't think it. in the grand scheme of eternity I'm going to be complaining too much to the Lord as I enjoy my eternal. You probably watch it up there that if I, you want that I've missed out on some random exhibition game in Starkville. I don't I'm just think saying. I'll care at that point. The starting lineup is good enough to get through non-conference play pretty much unscathed. I mean, they'll probably take a loss or two. But, again, this isn't a, a you know, this is a good Florida Nationals, a decent team. Mm-hmm. The team they play on Friday, Sam Houston State, won the Southland Conference a season ago. So, they, you know, they, 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 they've done the, the, the homework of putting together a relatively a good enough non-conference schedule that you feel like if you win enough games, that net ranking is going to be where you want it at the end of the season. Just first impressions with this team. What do, what do you like? What do you not like? I, I like that Reggie Perry's on it. That's the first thing. Um, he's going to be – he was really good last year. And we've heard coaches say before that some of the most growth you see in players is from that freshman to sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see that, man, you got a beast on the court for Mississippi State and Reggie Perry. Um, he could be the same player he was a season ago and still be really good. And still really be good. really good. Yeah. yeah, if there's any improvement, I mean, he's SEC player of the year caliber. Um which is obvious because he's a first-team All-SEC guy on you know both coaches and media. So everyone knows he's going to be really good. So that, that's where you start. That's the He's the guy that when teams come to the Humphrey Coliseum or when Mississippi State goes on the road, that the opponents are obviously pointing at saying he's not going to beat us. Uh, but having him on your side, that, that's where you get excited. Um, I really think Robert Woodard can have a humongous year. I, what I saw from him in flashes last year – impressed the heck out of me uh now you know that reggie perry was my boy from day one like as soon as he got on the court last year yeah i just thought he was a monster and he proved to be um one of the few things in life i've kind of gotten right i guess but uh i think woodard can can take a a, (laughs) this may be a hot take maybe not perry's already really good he could take a step forward and be even better but I think as far as just from where we saw last year to what we see this year, Woodard could be that guy that just takes a humongous jump. Mm-hmm. He's going to play a lot more. I think the ceiling is high. He, he, and we saw it in spurts last year how he kind of energizes this team uh, whenever he's clicking, too. So we, we see uh, the, the type of athlete he is. I think he can be huge. Um, so, so those two guys, I think, are – have the chance to just carry this team, especially with with Nick out, and you're kind of you know I know Tyson's experience, but you're young in the you're young at the, those one and two spots. So I mean the three and the four with Woodard and, and Perry could could be great. I think Abdullah do he kind of is what he is at this point. You know what you're going to get out of that five spot. You're going to get pretty good defense, and if he can give you anything offensively, you absolutely take it. Um, it's a really good team. I mean it's a team that. I don't think it's going to be able to withstand any kind of injury to pretty much anyone. Um, I don't know how they are, you know, from a depth standpoint. If uh, if Abdullah Du or, 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 God forbid, Reggie Perry goes down or something, I mean, Keyshawn Fazell, I guess he's the next guy up there, right? Yeah. Um, you, you really start – and it's not a knock on Keyshawn, who's, who's worked his tail off, literally. Told me, you know, told us the other day about how he, he loves him some fried chicken strips and he can't have them no more. He dropped 25, 30 pounds in the offseason and he's in the best shape of his life and everybody's bragged on, on the work that he's done. But, I mean, I, I don't know that he's the guy you want starting for you. And if you run into injury problems or something in the front court, he may be starting for you. Um, so I, I think there's some depth questions. 
But if State stays healthy, and I guess that's kind of an if for everybody, this is a tournament team. I mean, it would shock me if you told me this team stayed healthy, that they, that they don't pretty easily get back in the tournament. Okay. Are you there? Yeah. Are you... No, no, I'm with you. I'm definitely with you. Didn't know if you are listening to me. No, no, I'm listening. Here. I listen to everything you said. <laughs> for me... It's late for us, you know. So. Yeah, for me, what I like about this team is I think they have... Um, they have some some shooting. You know, last year, Lamar was so inconsistent as a shooter. Uh, Nick Weatherspoon was was better. Tyson Carter was better. You miss Nick more from a defensive standpoint. You do, than but but I think with Tyson Molinar, DJ Stewart, uh, I think Woodard will be a more improved shooter this year. Um, I, th- I think you've got some guys there that can can hit the three ball, and in today's basketball, that's that's really what wins games. So I like that. I like. I think Tyson Carter, as he transitions after ten games, is going to be very interesting to watch because you know it's it's different from you know being the 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 one to the two. Um, I think that you know he's the guy to do it though. Yeah, the, the, the mindset for him is, is he's he is a do what it takes to win kind of guy. If I had to pick, if I had to nitpick, or not, maybe I don't even nitpick it. There, there are flaws with this team. Is I don't know who's coming off the bench in the front court yeah. that you can rely on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying earlier, man. Yeah. You just can't have an injury. You can't have somebody go down. You can't have now, Perry and Adu in, in, in major foul trouble early kind of thing. That said, Keyshawn Fazell has lost a bunch of weight. He looks better. He looks more athletic. He looks more explosive. Prince Aduro coming in as a transfer has got to be chomping at the bit to get back out there. Uh, he can be a, a big role player for Mississippi State. I don't know what you're going to get out of Elias King this year, and he's sort of a swing man to be honest. He's six six, you know, closer to six seven. He's he's you know, I don't know that he's going to be the guy that can really replace. I, I think MSU might have some lineups where they go small, and when they want to give Woodard a rest, and they go Nick, uh, Tyson, and Molinar as, as your as your, and in that instance, you might you might move Nick to the three. Because well, DJ's kind of a three if you want to go that route. Anyway. He is, but I think Nick just physically matches up better with threes. I think you know St- Stewart. From what I can see, I've seen of him a little bit. He, he's built more like a two. He's built more like a guard. But Nick, although he's you know he's not as the tallest guy in the world, physically can match up with bigger players and, and lock them up. So you might see some of that where you see those three guys, and then you see you know Perry and Adu. Um, I think State can play a, 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 a multiple a lot of lineups. And, and be effective. They could they could go, sort of what you know what they would call in the NBA a death lineup, where there's not like a true five, but they go Nick Molinar, Carter, or Stewart, however you want to do it, um, with Woodard and Perry, and just get up and down the court and play transition. So you they, might see that you might tonight. see that tonight. <laughs> talking to Ben Howland, he he used the term pace. He said that nobody in the country last year played faster. Than Florida International. Speaking of, he did say that today. Literally, that, that apparently there's a stat somewhere mm-hmm. where they measure. I always thought the, pace was a soccer term. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not realize there's actually someone in this country that keeps up with who plays the fastest. But apparently, it was FIU last year. Yeah, and uh, so you're going to see up tempo basketball tonight, and you're going to see uh, so, FIU supposedly is going to press a lot. And what uh, what what I think what it is is in looking at these stats here, it's team possessions per game. It's how many times do you have the ball. And last year, they were actually second in the country, but we won't hold that to against them too much. Eastern Kentucky was first. Florida International, 80.7 possessions per game. Now, I'm going to look up Mississippi State here. State was a full – that's a full 10 possessions less. So, just in terms of, you know, a, 
opportunities to just shoot the ball, they're getting about 10 more. If they hit five, that's 10 more points per game than Mississippi State can play. So State has to find a way to to up the tempo, you know. And last year, I didn't think State was a great up-tempo team because Lamar dominated the ball so much. In in this season, you could see a little bit more tempo because I think you've got guys who are, you know, they'll pass they'll pass it away. And there won't be as much, I'm going to run down the shot. Not that I don't like to, I hate to hate on Lamar because he was a key player and a good player, and I thought he played hard. I didn't really question his effort. But he was a ball hog at the end of the day. He was a guy who was going to go up there and he was going to dribble at the top of the key and cross over a couple times. And, and then, you know, you just sort of see what happens in the final seconds of the shot clock. And he had some moments, but he wasn't Jamont Gordon. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, he, who, who could be a ball hog sometimes, but you kind of wanted him to be a ball you hog You wanted sometimes. him to be a ball hog. Yeah, you didn't want Lamar to be a ball hog. You wanted Q to be the ball hog yeah. and, and get the ball and, and Perry towards the end of the season. So – I think this is a team that can play with tempo, but I also think it's a team that if you want to grind it out and play defensively, they've got the guys in the front court to do that, and they've got they've got defensive minded guards in Weatherspoon and Carter, and we'll have to see what the, the freshmen and what's you know bring you. But you've got guys who are willing. I think this is a team that can win games by you know where they where they have to get up in the eighties. I don't think this can be a team that if they play in the sixties can still win games. Yeah, what what kind of concerns you though there? I guess is particularly with Nick out. A lot of times they say as freshmen, it's the defense. It's kind of the last thing to come, kind of kind of deal. So you, in some spots, you're going to be relying on some youth to play well defensively. Um, and uh, if they don't, teams are going to take advantage of that. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Ben Howland has always been a defensive-minded coach. He's kind of had to adjust some styles in 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 years since he's been here. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of tend to agree. Um, I, I do think tonight is an intriguing matchup, though, with, with the way that that FIU is going to play, assuming they keep up that that fast paced style, and and you're breaking in DJ Stewart and Molinar and some of those guys, and I mean, it's your first ga- college game that counts, and and here's this other team on the other side with FIU that's got a lot of veterans. They got a um, couple of really good seniors on that team uh, maybe more than that but uh, I know they have two of their three returning scores back and that team was 20 and 14 a year ago like you said they're they're not a slouch um I think it's gonna be a tough test really for state and I, I could be shocked maybe state comes out drilling threes and they just w- waltz all over who, who knows how it's gonna play out but at, at first glance um I kind of think it's gonna be a tough test tomorrow night, or tonight as you listen well, that's one thing State didn't do a season ago. They didn't blow teams off the court. You know, they played some, some close non-conference games, and I expect that, that, that to continue. State is a good, talented team, but they aren't an elite. Just, I can, we can just show up and you know, win by 35 points. They're probably the classic team. of They have the talent to beat pretty much anybody, mm-hmm. and they have the youth and, and problems that mm-hmm. they could lose to pretty much anybody right, kind right. of deal. There, there won't be a whole lot of surprises this season. You know, I mean, outside of – I mean, I think they play at least one SWAC team, so they should beat them pretty handily. But you know, they're non-conference schedule. They're going to play some teams that 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 can that can run with them, that can play you know with them. And if that's the case, you know, you might see a game, you might see a loss where you don't just look at the name. You're like, oh, what what happened? But in reality, you're talking about a pretty decent team. You know, it's a team like Sam Houston State would be an example of that. Uh, La Tech would be an example of that. New Mexico State would be an example of that. Um, so. Some good games. 
you know, in the non-conference, the Kansas State game up there in in, uh, in New Jersey is one to watch. The second game they have to play uh, in the Myrtle Beach Invitational will likely, if they can beat Tulane, will likely be against Villanova. So that's something to watch. Um, they've, they've got some games, you know, that they'll push up the net ranking. Yeah, I like this team, but I will say this: that I am very much after last season. And I'm not one of these guys, you know, I know that the program is better now than it was five years ago. And I know that Ben Hallen's done a great job of putting this program back together. But last season, you know, they had so many ups and downs that, you know, I'm going to let the season sort of play out before I try to make any kind of big picture generalizations. Right now, I would say this team is probably a tournament team. Yeah. They can finish in the top half of the SEC. That's probably going to be enough to get you into the SEC, the NCAA tournament. You know, they're a team that can win. At least nine conference games. You look at their conference schedule. You know, Missouri still not going to be great. Georgia's the interesting team in the in, in the conference this year because they were terrible a season ago, but then they recruited you know one of the top five classes in the country. Arkansas, how much better are they going to be? Tennessee lost a lot. Ole Miss is still going to be good, but you know, I fully expect to split those two games. Yeah. Uh, Vandy, they got a long way to go. Uh, you get Missouri twice, that helps. You get South Carolina twice. You know, tough game last year. They lost that opener, but that's still a winnable game. You you don't have to play Kentucky or Florida twice. That's a good thing. Although you get both of those games on the road, so you don't really have a whole lot of wiggle room. A and M still not good. So I mean, that's one of your road games, but you feel like you could probably win that. Oklahoma, the team you're playing in the Big Twelve SEC challenge, they're not great. They're 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 same as you. You're their mid tier Big Twelve team. So you got some opportunities to win games here. I like the team. I think that you know once Weatherspoon comes back, they'll be very good defensively. Uh, I think they can hit threes, but I think also that they can run the offense through Perry and run inside out. And Perry can be a guy that that, that can be a double double guy. I do agree with that. Robert Woodard, ceiling wise, could explode. Yeah, he could be a Woodard could legitimately become a true star in this league this year. He could be a guy who averages fifteen, sixteen points a game, and averages you know six or seven rebounds a game and a couple of blocks. Um, from an athleticism standpoint, he's top of the top of the list for this team. Body like a Greek god. He's really strong. Hopefully he looks so good that Howland can't forget about him this year. <laughs> Some things will never be forgotten, and that is that is certainly uh, one of them. You know, and I, I don't and I'm, obviously Joel and I are not gonna sit here and try to tell you that we know a lot about what's going on in the rest of the SEC. You know, obviously we know Florida, Kentucky are gonna be good. LSU has still got a lot of talent, and somehow Will Wade is still coaching there. Uh the rest of the conference, you know. There's good, it's good basically, I think, from like four to ten, it's a battle. And then you got some teams on the back end who you just know they're gonna they're gonna struggle a little bit. But I think State can finish in that, you know, four to ten range. I don't think they can four would be really would be a little overachieving, I think. You agree? I agree. And then ten would be underachieving. I agree. And ten would be you're probably on the bubble at best. At you best, might, yeah. It might be an NIT team at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think if you tenth, you're probably out. But if you're six, but... seven, eight, you're in. You know, last year I think the the top nine made it. Eight of the top nine made it. The only one who didn't was South Carolina, who, if you recall, had a horrific run of non conference games. They had a lot of injuries and they lost a bunch of non conference games that they should not have lost. Yeah, you thought when State went to South Carolina to start SEC play, or whatever, oh, they were the worst year, team, you thought they were, were going to walk over. They were the worst team in the conference yeah. going in, and, and then they they were the only team in the conference that was under uh, five hundred after conference play started. After non conference play ended, I guess I yeah. should say. And uh, then State, yeah, State. That 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 last year, that that zero and two start in the conference is one of the biggest reasons that nobody ever truly bought into this team. That they they were they saw the non conference play. Okay, so we're good again. 
and then you drop your first two to South Carolina, who wasn't good, and Ole Miss in a game that you, you really feel like you gave away. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then after that, people just I, – I don't blame them. I don't blame them. You know, it's because – and I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. Somebody asked us in the rumblings that the Hallen doesn't have that signature win. He just doesn't. So it's tough for him. It's tough for everybody to sort of buy back in. He needs to – and the thing is, though, like – Unless he can play Villanova and beat them, there's not really an opportunity to get one in non-conference play. And then your your best opportunity, I mean, you don't really have one. Auburn, Auburn's going to be a much different team this year. Yeah, you know, you beat them last year in Starkville, by the way. At, and then you're at Alabama, at LSU, Georgia. Maybe if Georgia is what it is, we think it could be. Maybe that's it. Maybe the Oklahoma game is it. I don't know. So I mean, I, and then you have you know Florida and Tennessee. After the listen, listen to this stretch. By the way, so state plays uh, in the month of January. They play home, away, away, home, 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 and then starting on January twenty fifth, they're at Oklahoma, at Florida, Tennessee at home, at Kentucky. It's rough. So that's a four game stretch where if you can get a win, one win in that stretch is really really good. If you get two, you 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 really have you a, would take that right now today. Well, then you're, you're talking about you're, you're going to be back in that mix to be a four or five seed like you were a year ago. Is 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 the is the the assessment that last season was a disappointment fair just in terms of what happened in the NCAA tournament, or was it a disappointment? Was it disappointing before that? I think it's just because you lost that first round game. I think if you win that first round game, that it's not a display. Like, I, I don't. I did not see the regular season as a disappointment. Maybe I'm unique in that regard, but I feel like that any sourness towards last season is mostly to do with the fact how it ended more than anything else. You lost a game that kind of sticks in your craw a little bit. It's a game you think you should have won, and you didn't. And so your grand return to the NCAA tournament was one and done, and you got upset, and that was kind of the last taste of that team. And so I think that's – any bitterness towards last year, I think, is is almost exclusively because of how it ended. Speaking of that, I guess, not really how it ended, but I guess speaking of endings, if this season ends without an NCAA tournament berth, it never gets talked about really, but how much pressure is Howland under? Any? That's, it, that, that's the question that I don't know the answer to. And, and Howland talked about it today. He said, you know, the, the, next, the goal is to get back to the tournament and advance. But if he misses the tournament, then you you know obviously you, you're you're willing to give away like two of his first seasons. You know the first year not his team. Malik Newman was hurt the whole year. He, he had to find a way to make it work. I thought that team should have been better than it was, but it wasn't. Whatever. His second year, all freshmen almost entirely, except for Q and Hellman, and none of them. I mean, look at that group of that 16 class. Who panned out? Yeah. Kegler, no. Adu, not really. Harard, obviously not. Eli Wright, he's gone. Lamar is probably the best player, and he's gone too. You know, and then Lamar, I guess, would be the. Cl- I don't know, Lamar or Adu. I, was I guess say, Tyson. Who, who's and, the closest? And Tyson Carter's in that class. Oh, that's too. right. So, that's yeah. right. Tyson would. See, be. But, but none of them became superstars. None of them became all SEC guys. Which you know, when you sign a class that ranks in the top ten, you think. At if least you sign, one. You sign, you know, six or seven four-star kids, high four-star kids. You think one of them is going to turn into a, a superstar, and none of them really did. Tyson Carter, 
Tyson Carter is a good player. Adu is a good role player. Lamar was a good player. That's that's the ceiling for those guys. You know, and then it's just been it's been the struggle to get back and get back and get back. And now you finally got back. Can you do it again? I think you can. I think you can. I think Mississippi State will be back in the NCAA tournament. That's my prediction. But if it goes wrong, yeah, you have to ask yourself that question: of, Where are we? Where is this program? You know, because the next year you're going to replace Carter, Perry, probably Nick. I can't imagine Nick sticks around for another year with all he's been through. I mean, and we've said a lot before about how things in Oxford impact things in Starkville, no matter how much, and, and vice versa. Both of those ways are true. Things in Starkville impact things in Oxford. If if State doesn't get back in the tournament, and then say Kermit has a Sweet Sixteen bunch or something like that, yeah, yeah you, you got to start. The, the pressure ramps up. It just exactly does. Does so. We'll see what happens. All right, let's do some some quick predictions then. Is this a tournament team? I say yes. Yes. Is Reggie Perry a, a NBA first round draft pick? After this season? I'm going to say yes. I say yes. Because I think those two things go hand in hand. If I believe one, I, I sort of feel like I need to believe the other. Um, if you told me that he wasn't, I would pro- I might say... It's the other way around, yeah. Bubbly, yeah. yeah it's it's going to be bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> uh, that, thank you, Chris Jericho. That GIF will make an appearance if State starts losing some games there. We'll be talking about that. Um Who's this team's MVP beyond Perry for you? Woodard. I think it's Carter for me. Think so? Yeah. Because he's going to have to play two roles. And he he gives you – Woodard gives you explosiveness. I think Carter gives you steadiness. Carter is a guy that – That's fair. I feel when when the ball is in Tyson Carter's hands with three seconds left on the shot clock and he puts it up, I I usually feel confidence going in. With Woodard, I don't have that confidence yet. I might get there because he's certainly a great player. If you've watched his interviews, by the way, that I've put up or that Joel's put up, he has matured a lot from his freshman to sophomore year. Not that I have anything against the good Lord, but he used to start every interview with "I want to thank God for," and that was just his, that was just his go-to, and it felt like a crutch almost. And you never really got anything out of him. Now, when you ask him questions, he's answering them. You know, and you're so you're seeing that maturation process, and. You know, it, it feels like if that translates to his play, there's there's big things in store for Robert Woodard this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. His interview process has, I mean, it has gotten better. Shout out too to MSU Media Relations, who I, y'all don't care about this kind of stuff, little inside baseball kind of thing. But we used to do even like midweek press conferences in a post game like style. Like we would sit there and all three guys that we were interviewing would sit up at the podium kind of deal. Um, and now we're kind of doing it different where we're just kind of – It's a little more like casual. Do, yeah, it's a little more casual, which I think really helps these guys. I mean, we, there's some guys on the football team that don't want to do interviews when they know they're going to have to get behind the podium and with yeah. video and that whole nine yards. Right. They just aren't as comfortable. The more casual you can make it, the better typically the interviews are. And I, at least so far uh, this season, I, I think that has really helped not just Woodard but all the guys. It just And it helps us too because we I feel like we get to kind of – interact with them a little more so they can kind of get to know us a little better too which i think helps all that but anyway yes back to the original point i think robert has benefited from the way that that we do things now but two he he has grown just as a talker yeah and 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 everything else and he kind of seems to enjoy exactly no no you're right enjoy the media process a little bit he's starting to figure it out well 
and we talk about it so many times. Like, I wish the players would do that because that's going to be their. If they're going to go to the next level, they're going to have to do that every day. And I tell you what, that's something that I'm thinking. I've been on the beat now for five years or so. I don't know that I've had a single basketball player that mm-hmm. I would say likes to deal with the man. I'm not saying that anybody's been right. mean to us or doesn't right. like no, us. I, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah they, they just don't really like to do the interview process. Holman was probably the best about that. Yeah, yeah he... He would come out and talk, and he would actually answer your questions. I don't really think he wanted to so much. Really? I, thought, I never thought he, he didn't want to. Because... Well, I just think he kind of got tired of it because he was good at it, and so he always was one of the ones that yeah, they drug true. in there to do that's it. True. But, uh, but Robert actually really, and maybe I'm reading it wrong, but if he's pretending good. If not, he, he seems to kind of like it. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that bodes well for his. You talk about he could be a superstar kind of yeah. deal. Yeah. I mean that that's part of it. If you can be personable when the cameras are on you or when the interviews are going yeah. on, that that allows you fans to connect to these guys, which I've said all along. It's kind of been one of the problems with kind of the lack of excitement around the MSU basketball program is that there hasn't just been that player that just reaches out and grabs you like the women have had with Tierra or Victoria or whoever. Well, let's segue from that into uh, to the women's basketball exhibition game on uh, Monday night. If Vic Schaefer could have drawn it up any better, I don't know how. A struggle fest in the first half <laughs> turns into a blowout win in the second half. The Lady Dogs... Only give up uh, 16 points total uh, in the second half after giving up, what was it, 40, 41, 41 in the first first uh, couple of quarters. Uh, it was such the, a typical Mississippi State women's game. Yeah. Like, from last, you know, it, just a kind of a close dog fight in the and first half, and then in the, the second, second half, they just pull away. Yeah. Jessica Carter looking every bit the the, uh, the replacement of Tierra McCowan, 27 points, 13 boards for her. We got to see Chloe Bibby for the first time since her, her knee injury. Uh, she had 11 points, also had uh, three blocks in the game. Maya Taylor with a very Jazz Holmes-like stat line, only three points, but eight eight assists to no turnovers and six rebounds. Vic Schaefer will take that every night. Yep. Jordan Danbury also in double figures with 14 points. That's Played a lot of players. I know that double figures, too. That's right, yeah, she did. She had a, ba- a bucket late. Yeah. Uh, Basically, he played a lot of players. Everybody, I think everybody came off the bench, including Promise Taylor, who uh, you know isn't ready to play yet. I, I, I see what Vic is talking about now. Um, but all in all, for, for Mississippi State, I, I expect the game to look totally different on Saturday when they play Southern Miss. I think so. Um, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, State walks away with an easy win. It's easy to kind of <laughs> let – it's easy to kind of forget that, that how much of a struggle that first half was, but I think that that first half was everything that Vic Schaefer could have ever wanted yeah. out of that game. <laughs> I, bet, I, bet you know, sm- I bet he smiled on his way to the locker room. I, I know, man. It, it never took his jacket off. You know, he, he, he didn't take the coat off tonight. So yeah. even in the closeness, I, he's probably sitting over there thinking, you know, thank you, lady chaps. Yeah, and they were the lady chaps, by the way. Lubbock Christian was the opponent. Yeah, tonight. thank the defending. Who, by the way, D two national. You champ. can tell that they will give. They will be a good team. Yeah. against competition. Their biggest problem was this: they were out athleted tonight. Oh yeah, they, they didn't have the height to to compete with with Carter, even really with Bibby and and Rakia Jackson, who did not shoot the ball well. I think she was three of sixteen shooting the yeah. ball, but ten rebounds. Well, you talk. She about- found a way to be valuable elsewhere. I mean. I had a couple folks early on when the score was close kind of 
seemed like they were freaking out a little bit. But you got to remember, the dynasty hey, is over. Hey, this was the D two national champs. They're talented Nash. They're they're talented. And in basketball, basketball that's team. that's there's not that and, big a gap. And also, when these teams like this roll into Humphrey Coliseum to play a national brand, and one of the country's what five ten best women's t- programs in the country, mm-hmm. this is their. NBA Finals, whatever you want to call it. This is the, They're not going to play anybody better than this all season. You best believe they came in wanting to win this game. Yeah. Um, and, and State knew that they could just basically show up and win this game. It was more about figuring some stuff out. So, I mean, I mean, you can't read anything to the fact that State and, and Liberty Christian were – Yeah. Not, not Liberty Christian, Lubbock Christian. Lubbock we're, Christian. We're sitting there, you know – duking it out in the first half. No, I agree. Bit. I mean, state, I the state's going to be fine. Yeah, they'll they're be fine. Be they'll, look, they'll look really different, I bet, on Saturday. I'm not saying they're going to, like, cruise to an undefeated season or anything like that. No. But they're going to be okay. They'll be fine. And, and Vic loved, every, like we say, every bit of that struggle. Yeah, he sure did. All right. Time to move forward into the SEC picks as we are finally tied back up. Our SEC picks are brought to you by the good folks over at College Corner. Go to either one of their two locations, either in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet, or you can go to the location in Flowood over by Half Shell, or just shop online at collegecornerstore.com and check out their selection of MSU merchandise, which is as vast as anywhere else you'll, you're going to want to find. Not only great uh, logo wear, but the, all the stuff you need for to put on the best tailgate or just to decorate the house in maroon and white and make it look like your own. And when you shop there at either one of those two locations and mention our podcast or when you use the promo code THUNDER, shopping online, you're going to get 15% off your purchase. So do that now. You've got a couple, you know, Plenty of time to get stuff shipped before you got to get back up here to Starkville. Don't waste your time up here in Starkville standing in line. You want to be tailgating. You want to be on campus. You want to be in the stadium. Don't worry about you know having to shop here. Worry about getting your shopping done before you get up here, and you can do that with our good friends over at College Corner. We are tied up. I told you, man. I told you it was going to be like those uh, 93 Braves just overtaking that 10-game well, oh, lead to oh, the Giants. Come on, why, why? Why do you have to cut so deep? Just why? I warned you. I warned you. Here I am. I'm no longer knocking at your door. I'm inside. I'm. I have no, no, broken no. it down. No, no, no. We are tied. Let's you go. haven't broken anything yet. Oh, Don't be that way. Break bring up the spirit. Ninety-three Giants. Why you want? Why? I mean, just why? One hundred three games. Yeah, not enough. I remember putting Bobby Cox out to pasture. I just want to remember that. <laughs> that happened too. Uh, all right. We can joke about this because I actually really admired Bruce Bochy and the Giants for the way they celebrated yeah. and stopped and clapped. So I always, yeah. while I always, you know, I, I'll I admire those three I, World I, Series they won. Yeah, I bet you, you do. Yeah. Um, Maybe you'll get two more one day. I don't, probably not. Anyway, are we done being angry at each other now? Can we do our picks? Yeah. Now, now you're going down, hey, Dad. Because you, you, you started this. Going down. I'm going to have to finish it. Here we go. All right. Uh, let's do some of the, the games we, we probably won't disagree on. Uh, Vanderbilt is at number 10. Florida, ah, well, you know, couldn't run the ball. Uh, typical Dan Mullen. Uh, also, I don't take any calls from athletic directors before the season ends. That was... What a dummy. All right. I'm going to use one of my words here, I think. I'm, 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 I try not to. I don't think I should use that word. But that's the biggest load of bull crap. <laughs> I want to say the other word. I don't want to use crap. Why you got to be kidding me that he I, and Will Salmon standing right there? I, 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 at that point, I, if I had been willing, like uh, Dan, I'm standing right here. <laughs> I know for a fact you are telling a lie. Like I would have chuckled audibly had I been at that press conference. Texts aren't calls, Brian. Huh? Texts aren't calls. Stop. Stop it. We'll take Florida. 
One, two, three, Gators? <laughs> we don't have to one, two, okay. three it. But I do say that uh, if there's another post-game brouhaha, my money's on Derek Mason. Yeah, I agree. Uh, New Mexico State travels up to Oxford. New Mexico State, I believe. Let me let me see if I can find out for sure here. I, I am almost 100% positive that they are, in fact, winless. They are winless on the season. Uh, their closest loss was to New Mexico. They lost 55-52. Lost by seven to Liberty. Last week they played Georgia Southern and lost that game forty-one to seven. They got beat by Hugh Freeze, huh? They did. Is he? I hadn't been paying attention. Bowl eligible. Is he? Is he walking the sidelines now? Yeah, he's, or he's, he's back. He's back What's up he and running. Okay. He's back up and running. Getting ready for that Florida State. Misbehaving. Gig. Yeah. Uh, please. Again. Uh, well, one, two, three Rebels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Um, everything else we could have a little little discriminant. So we'll start it up. Western Kentucky. At Arkansas. Do you know who Western Kentucky's quarterback is? I probably should, but no. It's Ty Story, who transferred there from Arkansas. So we got the makings of everything you want in a revenge story right here. It's in Arkansas, right? It's in Arkansas. Ready? One, two, three, Western Kentucky. I can't believe I'm doing this. You're going to pay for that one. What's Western Kentucky's right? I don't even know what Western Kentucky's Does it matter? Does yeah, it matter? a little bit. Is Western Kentucky better than San Jose State? They are 5-4. and four. Uh, Their losses are to Central Arkansas, Louisville, Marshall, and Florida Atlantic. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Arkansas, but I have no... I'm going no. Hilltoppers. Tie right. Story gets revenge. Okay. We're going, we're going to shake it up this week. We one, are going to shake it one up. One of us is going to be really bad, mean. At Probably the what's going to happen is we're going to disagree on two of them, yeah, and I then don't we'll, know. we'll split it know. and be tied. Anyway, we'll see. All right. I'm riding with the Hogs. I can't ride. believe I'm going with Chad Morris after that. watching that disaster. Did you? Live. I really want to ask, if you were your eyes closed the whole game? That's the worst team I've seen in the SEC. It's just hard for me to predict that Western Kentucky is going to win. San Jose State won up there. I know, but I didn't predict that either. I'm so. just saying. Missouri is uh, on the road at Georgia. Georgia coming off the cocktail party win. All they got to do is win out, and they are the SEC East champions for the third straight year. The Tigers at one point looked like a worthy challenger, and then they lost to Vanderbilt and Kentucky. One, two, three, Georgia. Georgia. All right, very good. Appalachian State travels to South Carolina. Now, App State, uh, I think they dropped their first game of the season last uh, last week. Let's just be sure about that. Yes, they are now seven and one. They lost on Thursday night to get to uh, Georgia Southern, twenty four twenty one. But prior to that, they have beaten North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat ULL. They beat uh, South Alabama. They, they, they were beating teams pretty badly. Pretty good team. And I did say I was done with Will Muschamp. I said that on this show. One, oh, two, three. App Carolina. State. Taking the it's going to be a bad weekend for the SEC. I'm feeling it. I, I I'm so scared now because like I, I'm just going with the the team that should win, like yeah. the team that that is in the SEC. You would you know, pick I, two of the worst teams. In the, I know. On I, paper, Western Kentucky and Appalachian State are better than the teams they're playing. On paper, they are. We'll see. Tennessee at Kentucky. Oh man, we are going to shake this thing up this week. Tennessee, both. I don't know what Kentucky's record is off the top of my head. Tennessee has got to win two of their final three to go to a uh, a bowl game. Tennessee, Kentucky is I was like Kentucky is four and four, and Tennessee is four and five. 
So they got to win. They got to beat. They have Kentucky, Vandy, and Missouri left. They're going to beat Vandy in all likelihood. Can they beat Kentucky? And that puts them in a great place to win this bowl game. Same with Kentucky, though. They need to win. They still have a game with Louisville. Uh, they, they have some games remaining they have to worry about. Here we go. At Kentucky. Okay. One, One two, two, three. three. Kentucky. Tennessee. Wow. <laughs> Love it. Madness. This, somebody's going to be down. Somebody's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go. One of us is going to be down four. It's all going to happen. I can feel the chaos. It'll be over if somebody's down four. Like this, this. Oh whole, yeah, because yeah. I won't. I won't allow myself to go against the grain on anything. It's, it's, yeah, if somebody's down four. It's over. It's over. I did not. I thought you picked Tennessee there. The other two, I sort of went against you because I felt like you would just pick the SEC team. Yeah. I really thought you were going to go Tennessee there. All right. Last and certainly not least, number one LSU versus number one Alabama. Depending on what poll you want to look at, the game is in Alabama. This is the first year, regardless of who wins or loses, I think you and I would agree. This is the first year that we think LSU is finally going to put points on the board and make it difficult on Alabama. Yeah. Alabama's not what they were defensively, and LSU is certainly not what it ever has been offensively. Here's where I wish I knew if Tua was going to be the quarterback. Everything I read today says Tua is going to play. (laughs) He's good to go. I'm making this pick with the assumption. Well, then let's do it, my friend. One, One, two, two, three. Alabama. Four differences. Four differences. We're going to go two and two and beat even. That's what's going to happen. I think the most likely scenario is I'm going to get Western Kentucky and uh, and Tennessee, and you'll get South Carolina and Alabama. That seems like the most likely way that it will evolve. I am. Have you said rank confidence points? What's your, it's Western Kentucky. That team has given up. They want out. Did you see their depth chart today? John Stephen Jones is the new starting quarterback there. He can't even bring himself to start the freshman, who looked good. The, the, the stadium exploded when, when he got They were so happy to see him. And, like, if I'm Chad Morris, like, look, I recruited him. And he went right down the field and scored. Hey, they scored in three pl- like four plays. Yeah. <laughs> they had a long run. He had a long run. Then they, gave, they had a handoff for a decent run. Then he threw a back shoulder that was caught. And then they scored on the next play. If Schrader hadn't been committed, he might have been in Starkville. Might have been. Might have been. Because isn't, isn't that kind of what Joe said the other day I when he was asked so. about him? Basically, that, that they he already came, had Schrader, but, yeah. but they were only taking one QB. And, they, and, Schrader, they knew and he Schrader wanted to be a – he's a great athlete, but yeah. he wanted to be a quarterback, and so that's where he ended up. All right. Somebody's going to be hurting on Monday morning. On Sunday morning, I guess. Games to watch. Western Kentucky, Arkansas, LSU, Alabama, App State, and South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky. What a fun day. I'm pumped now, man. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Tomorrow's show is the Rumblings. Get us your questions in now. Plus, we will recap that Mississippi uh, State-Florida International game. What we will do to save ourselves, because I know you guys, you'll just ask questions all the way up. We're going to record at our normal afternoon time, but we'll come back afterwards and do a quick segment on the basketball game. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay, so okay. I, am I coming back with you to do that basketball? I would. I prefer that you did. I'd okay. like to get your opinions on that. You're okay. up anyway. I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm just so you know. I have because uh, apparently tonight you were not aware of this. I work for a newspaper which requires ah, yeah, me to write I mean, a story oh, after the game. Look, Mr. Important over here, Big J. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't just show up and drink coke and leave. Got to work, Brian. Got to work. I put videos up. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning.
on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.